Welcome to One Really Good Question with Gabe. I'm your host, Gabe, and episode two here features Megan Pepin. We're talking about art, we're talking about motivation, advocacy, and um, what is really meaningful in the arts community. So sit back, do some doodling, draw some stuff up, relax. Less NPR voice this time, right? Much more voice this time than the last one, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Enjoy. Enjoy. Megan, you are an exhibition coordinator and curator with one of the titles you gave us. How many curations have you worked on, collaborated on, or done yourself? How many exhibitions and shows have I put on? Sure. Or yeah, let's generalize it more. Yeah. Uh, I have currently put on one show solo. I have curated one show successfully on my own. Nice. Yeah. And that was the most recent one, right? That was my most recent one, yes. And we're going to talk about that soon. I'm going to save that, though. Sorry. <laughs> um, That's a teaser in the business, right? Yeah. And you're an activist. You're an artist. Um, and you're in the pursuit of the Master of Fine Arts, right? Correct. And how long has this journey been for you, kind of with art in general, though? So I am a big believer that everyone is an artist. So if it is just at a tap into your creative side, your expressive side, it's how you choose to express yourself. I choose mediums within fine art that is typically known, such as drawing, painting, and photography. I have been drawing my whole life, as mm -hmm. everyone has, you know, since you're a little kid. But I have my first sketchbook still on my desk at home as a source of inspiration for me to remind myself how long I have been dedicated to this craft. Mm -hmm. When I was in high school, I graduated from a chartered art program. So that is when I really started to take the field seriously and decided to pursue the arts as a career. Yeah. Um, I guess a curveball trick question here for you is also this isn't the really big question is it no, no no this is like this is i'm still warming up to okay, that okay. Yeah, we're getting, sure. we're getting sure. there okay. um this is one that is not easily answered by anybody but what is like art to you yeah right that sucks it does suck. <laughs> not going to lie. What is life? What is life? Yeah. Art is one of those things. It's debated. It is a challenge to prove what art is. It's a theory. It's not really something that actually exists in this life. It's an expression. It's us being human, attempting to place meaning upon things. Mm -hmm. And the meaning of it is individualized. It can be something to one person that means something completely else to the artist. Mm -hmm. We were talking about intentions earlier. I believe it's really important to read an artist statement, to know what the intention behind the piece is prior to making your own judgments behind it. That way you can put yourself into that mindset of what is being expressed. Absolutely. Well, it's kind of like watching the director's cut or actually understanding what the director wanted for a movie or a director of anything uh, of it like that. Um, my dad has a theory about art, and I want to know what you think of it. In terms of when we're creating it, actually, it's not art until we share it with other people. It's not technically like art yet, or it's an expression to you. And when you share it with us, it's more artistic now, or it's more art, and we can delve into that director's cut of what you are trying to express. But if it's something on an individual level that you are just doing, um, my 
it, it's still a personal expression and he believes it's in a sense art right but he thinks it's more of like a once you actually decide to to impact other people with it to share it to go after it like that it becomes art in a different way now what do you think of that theory i believe what he is trying to purvey or per se is that an art piece may not have the same value sentimentally physically whatever value it is that we put on art unless it is shared if it is locked away in a closet to never be seen again what was the purpose of creating it in the first place right yeah no that's a hard one to answer at that point now it was just for you and i think art can be personal and i think it can still be an individual type of thing but it becomes more social or it becomes more or it's being observed by everybody now and so most certainly and in a different category it, I want to go back to that saying, what was it created for in the first place? Reiterating that it can be just created for yourself. I have sketchbooks. I have tons of art that I keep at home that no one's ever seen. And I don't ever plan on anyone ever seeing it. And it's art that was just for myself. It's yeah. art just so I can stay inspired based on myself and assure that I am keeping the artistic level of self in the correct mindset for when I do want to create something that is meant to be shared. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And everything else is like a, it's a trajectory or it's a, it's a way of it's journaling in a sense. It's a way of understanding yourself throughout all of it. Definitely. That's what it is. It's an expression for you though. Yes. Um. I find that most of my art is more of a documentation than in actual form of expression where the expression itself is something that I am feeling it's an action I need to get it out but the art that has already been created the pencil marking on the page is now a documentation of that feeling that I had had in the past and in order for me to further understand those feelings I can continue to dive into that new documentation re-remember why I made that mark on the page so that way I can create it again tap mm-hmm. into that expression to uh, make sure that I not force upon those ideas but I'm able to safely accurately represent them mm-hmm. I like no it's it is documentation also memory is a crazy thing it's wild what you'll look at or what you'll feel um or what you'll feel when you smell food or fall and all of it i mean it's it's a good way to to try and trigger those things definitely um would you say you have a favorite artist i do not have a favorite artist it's really difficult for me to say that i enjoy one person over another because style is different time is different mediums are different intentions are different Mm -hmm. the reason why someone went into the art form to begin with can be different from one another Mm -hmm. i look at art pieces solely based around that artist i don't like to compare artists to other artists especially if they're not from the same time frame that's tough it is tough so Mm -hmm. i like to look at artists in a way of this is this artist this is their style this is from their time frame what is it that inspires me about them? Not necessarily above every other artist out there. Hard to compare and contrast with all that type of data for sure about it. Or yeah, time style, time period, right? Do you have a favorite style of art or a medium of art? 
I am very attracted to the deco era. I love 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. retro, futurism. That is my jam. If I gave you a one-way time machine right now, one way, would you do it? Would you go back? Do I get to pick location? You get to pick, sure. You get to pick, lo- it's only one way though. You, <laughs> just, you get to pick location and you pick your time here. It's really difficult. I want to say yes because everyone's like, yeah, I can go out there and I can make something of myself. But (laughs) there are a lot of changes that have been made to our world that allows for expression, I think, to be easier than it ever has. Yeah. If we want to get political about it, as a woman in the arts, for example, I may not have been heard if I was put in the wrong time frame. Right. Correct. My answer to that question earlier is no. I wouldn't take the time machine at all. <laughs> I, I would stay here. <laughs> I would not thrive in another time period, probably based on what I know and, and what I know about other times. Uh, no. Um, but that's only because it's one way. If I could come back, it'd be different. I'd be like sightseeing everywhere. Um, but do you also have a favorite? This is just a personal question for you from me. Favorite anime? <laughs> favorite anime? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just going off whatever, <laughs> but it's. It's another art expression form that we both like and share. So I know you know this, that Studio Ghibli is a huge inspiration of mine. It's not a show. He's a creator. He's an artist. He enjoys the art of animation in a way that I relate to the most out of any anime shows that I've watched. I love the art of animation as an entertainment source it Mm -hmm. inspires me in a way that's very different than a lot of other series that i pursue Mm -hmm. i would say probably studio ghibli is my highest (laughs) heyo miyazaki heyo miyazaki heyo sorry i hope he doesn't hear it (laughs) Um, if he does though that'd be sick man i'd love to talk to you sometime um but no he it, it really transports me a lot of his work in general with that that bubbly style with that color all of it i would recommend everybody watch a studio ghibli movie even if you're not keen on animation or cartoons you know um studio ghibli is for all it's not just for children it is stories that anyone can relate to and it's not like those disney movies where or not disney movies it's like spongebob and all these other things you go back as an adult and you're like oh god Mm -hmm. whoa (laughs) they were putting some stuff in there i never understood (laughs) you go back and you watch a studio ghibli movie and it's like oh wow i forgot about this place and it, it takes you there, and it, it puts you in a whole different feeling. It's I love it. I big fan. I knew your answer, but I didn't think about that before tonight. But you're right, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, my neighbor Totoro. Oh, excellent movie. That's a good my, one. That's my favorite. It's a one. feel good. Yep, I just started getting into the Studio Ghibli movies yeah. over the last year or so. Micah isn't here to contribute or yell at me, um, but uh, Princess Mononoke. Mm-hmm. Is the one that I still want to watch with you. Okay, that we, that we have to get. You're gonna to have you to gotta watch the ri- the wind rises too. If you okay. haven't seen that one, okay. it, it'll make you cry. <sighs> I love crying. I, <laughs> I love do. Crying. When, a, when a movie <laughs> hits you that way, I do too. I do. <laughs> um, so you know, you're clearly motivated by all these different types of individuals, styles, and and just expressions. Uh, could you share with us, you know, how that motivation has carried you, like some of maybe the checkpoints in your career as an artist or just as an individual like what moments have really pushed you more other than like the you said the charter this high school that you went to was a art school in a sense or it was a 
two-part program? Correct. It is a program that you have to apply for, you have to be accepted to. So essentially what I had done was in the mornings I would go to my public school and in the afternoons I would then go to the art school's classes. Sure. Yeah. And so that's kind of the st one of the starting points, though, then on this, right? That was the starting point, yes. And I do believe that helped me out significantly to figure out the dedication within the arts, mm -hmm. learning early on how to manage life and the arts together mm -hmm. because it is a balance of dedication to that craft. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I know advocacy is a really big thing for you in general. Is there a trajectory in terms of what things that you've seen over your life now that have really pushed you into the sense of I have to advocate for this I have to do something with this and you know t for you your strong suit was art it is art right and so is there anything though that has really pushed you into this space more so or you realize that you had to push harder at art of big pushing point for me has always been my passion for the education system in general. There are a lot of elements to it that I feel personally are outdated and one of those things is that the arts is always the first to get cut whenever there is any sort of budget sure. issues yeah. that are within the education system. and reducing down on the arts when I was young and seeing how much it was cut out from my public school pushed me to want to keep it alive further mm -hmm. and I've held on to that since I was young that the arts cannot die and that mentality has stuck with me and I've grown with it that I refuse to let the arts die in my life and that I will push to keep it alive in every way I can. Thank you for your service on that. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, th I, I, that is a fantastic goal or motivation behind that, though. And that is real, and I see some of that in general. And, you know, people need to ha be able to express themselves and, and do the audit, like we talked about with Eddie. You know, being able to express yourself is huge. If you can't express yourself, you can't even document what you're feeling then. And that just takes the form of art, though, and writing, too, and stuff. So, but we need to keep teaching people arts and we need to keep advocating for it in that sense. I get that 100%. Um, the last curation you did was the art of ecological resilience. And it's kind of in the title, but are there any meanings or ideas there that you were advocating for aside just from, I mean, the environment obviously, but is there any other ways you'd put that in the context? terms of maybe some of the artists that were there and what they did and what they were advocating for? For this exhibition, I really tried to take into consideration the possibilities. The main reason I sought to curate this show was because, yes, I have a huge passion for bringing awareness to climate mm -hmm. change, but I began to grow really depressed about the negativity that you would see on a daily basis, that there was almost this 
feeling that there was no hope anymore, that there's these timers ticking down telling us that we are reaching the end Mm -hmm. and that it's too late. And I sought to bring people together to try to inspire the community a sense of hope of what it is Mm -hmm. that we can choose to do now with the information we have. What is it that we as artists can promote through our inspirations, through our expressions? And how is it that we can try to find ideas of solutions together in the creative community? Yeah, we have to really put ourselves out there in terms of finding solutions here of what we're good at, right? Or advocacy in terms of grouping people up and getting people together. Yes. And so for this exhibition, all of the artists were free to choose their subject matter, their medium uh, of choice. Uh, They were free to type up a solution that they felt represented the issue that they wanted to address the best. Sure. And like, I think the one person made some clothing that was there talking about biodegradable or reuse or just sustainable type of clothing materials and stuff. They did like football jerseys. Yes, we did. Yep. And that's cool because that's something that they should get behind, honestly, or these are small tweaks that could be made, honestly, right? Yes, there's a lot of little things that we can do individually and collectively to change those big things. Mm -hmm. Or it starts small, though. It does. And we, it starts with advocation and just ideas yes. ar- around it. If you don't think about it, then you're never going to pursue it. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, right. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to think of what what's his name was advocating for. Is his name Gabriel? Yes, his name is Gabriel. Yeah, his yeah. name was Gabriel, too. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was dancing under water. Yes. So he is a dancer he dances underwater he seeks to promote awarenesses through his interpretive dancing he had danced in the seas of sicily in a monk costume Uh, Mm -hmm. his father was a monk and had just passed away and decided to create this video as a tribute for his father but also he wanted it to be in this sense of hope as well that he's praying for the new chapters that we can create together that was surreal to watch that video also like that was something else it's amazing and when you told me that the monk outfit or the robe was for his father in that sense you know that hit even harder too there and uh, is he did he put it out yet it hasn't been publicly released yet i can't (laughs) tell everybody to go look at it okay never mind whatever but he will eventually. Eventually it will be released and we can give you the website link and everything. Thank you. I, I would want that still. <laughs> I, it's just such a weird thing to look at. I think about how hard free diving is and holding your breath in general. And I'm sure he's got maybe a tank down there with something for it. But either way, his shots look very consecutive and very are very just continual. So he was, he's an artist and an athlete, actually. Um, I'm trying to think. You had something there, too. You had some photography there. Yes, I did. I was asked by Megan to participate in the art of ecological resilience. Mm -hmm. Um, And I included some photography that I took out um, during a uh, snow apocalypse. 
Like what we had we this were, week. Yeah, yeah, yep. something like that. Yeah, so it was brutal out there. I do remember very vividly being uh, wind beaten mm-hmm. while I was out there trying to take these if pictures. If it wasn't for the wind. <laughs> it would not be so bad, right? I love yeah. that saying. That's my favorite one. Um, And so... Um, it's funny because the photos don't look like it's anything brutal outside. Like when you actually see the photos, they look very still and normal. Calm and yeah. it was not a fair reflection of what I experienced that day. But basically what I was advocating for was um, when I was out, I mean, obviously, so where I took the pictures was um, some spots on the Oneida Reservation. I'm mm-hmm. an Oneida tribal member. Mm-hmm. So some spots on the uh, Oneida Reservation. And they were, um, there's nobody around. I mean, these are places that you may see people spending time um, outdoors, Mm. occupying the space in one way or another. Obviously, that was not the case that day because it was very brutal outside. And so I went to go take these pictures because they were a reflection of people respecting what winter was bringing us by not working against it. So essentially, yeah. so essentially, everybody agreed, like, I'm not going to go out there. It's really brutal outside. And what I think that reflection or what that action reflects is that people already kind of operate within seasons. Mm-hmm. People already tend to, you know, we when it's when it's a winter thing then what we do is we go on oh go out ice fishing go snowmobiling dress up thicker put the layers on yep all that type of stuff so we really respect what's happening during winter time um in summertime we go a different route we bear it all we we get out there we enjoy it we go do outdoor activities we go soak in the sun yeah we do all that type of stuff right um and so basically I don't think, in my opinion, that people do enough to lean into the seasons of the earth. Yeah. I don't think that people do enough to understand what each season indicates. Yeah. That winter is truly a hibernation period. That um, that summer is an awakening period. Uh, spring is a flourishing period. Fall is a transition from sm- from summer into winter. Mm-hmm. You know, just a winding down period. I think there are actions that people undertake in a surface level out of necessity, such sure. as some of the stuff I under, like I expressed. But I don't think that people spiritually and within themselves lean in enough to move intangibly mm-hmm. through the seasons. Yeah. Um, and on the topic of the art of eco- ecological resilience, I think that would be something that would help all of us be more ecologically resilient by playing, understanding playing to it what the earth is providing and operating within it in a more healthy fashion and yeah. so that was what i was going for with the art of ecological resilience in that sense i thought not only is it one of the most important traits of what can help us achieve environmental goals um mm-hmm. but it's also something i'm currently undertaking to a deeper level or a deeper level than I ever have, I guess. And you're sharing that with us and much like Eddie shares the way he lives and stuff. I mean, that's what we're sharing here though. Yep. On how, yep. how we view it, how we uh, perceive it. And yeah. I, so often, <coughs> you know, 
be a Tuesday, Wednesday night, and I just don't. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I'm not going to leave the house. Mm-hmm. I'm here. That's how I'm going to occupy my time. Yep. I'm not going to go try to find something to do. I'm not going to go out it. for drinks. I'm not going to work against the grain Ooh. of the earth. Yeah, that helps <laughs> with ice on the road, too. So Heck, yeah. Yeah, you it know? makes it really yeah. easy. And, you know, like video games and stuff like that also oh, It's my season you know, right now, dude. It's, it's my time. It's, it's my, my time season. Right <laughs> yeah, I don't dude. look stupid for just staying in and doing games. No, no, no. You so look good. Okay. Yeah. He's living. Oh, that guy's so smart. I'm operating within the winter. Yeah. I think I'm going to stay in the rest of the season right now, <laughs> now that we had this talk. Until I, spring. I want, then, you can't, uh, then you're going to look like a goon after that. I. Yeah, what have you been doing all winter? I've got cheesy poof dust all over me, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> what have I done? Hibernating. That's what I've been I fought doing. the apocalypse. I started a Civil War game. Uh, Won the World Cup. Ever play Rocket League? That's, my, that's oh. what I do. That's what I like. You're playing FIFA. I yeah, know. That's I all know. I've been doing all winter. You're yeah. lucky I don't pick that game back up. I'd love to play with you sometime <laughs> there. Um, but, yeah, that was what mostly I was advocating for. Uh, like I said, it's, it's a really fresh thing for me, but I also think it's inherently important and universal. Yeah, no. I mean, unless you live in San Diego, then it's then you don't. Have a little those. different. Desert people are wild, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> it's a brutal climate over there to uh, to find motivation in. Or uh, that's me fighting it still. It's you have to play to it though, and you've desert camped before, and you've done some of that type of stuff, right? I lived in the desert for most of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so she, so Nailed she's it. Been desert camping for a long, long time. Yeah, you definitely have to play to your strengths, though, with nature and where you're at and your environment, too. And, yeah, it looks different everywhere. I did want to ask a little bit about the, um, you know, I expressed what I did for your exhibit. Um, but I am curious, um, not necessarily, I guess I don't know exactly how I want to ask this, but is there any contributions or concepts that were contributed that you feel are worth highlighting or something that you learned from it? Um because I'm sure you got a lot of surprises. I did, actually. Everything about it was a surprise. So I went into this thinking that, of course, you know, it's my thoughts, that most people are going to have a similar mindset of what it is that they want to be fixed within our climate change. I was thinking that there was a popular answer, and I was worried that there was going to be a struggle for diversity within the topics. However, everybody, all of the artists that participated except for one are from Wisconsin. And so I felt that gave such a different topic diversity than I was expecting or anticipating, where there was things like snow in in relation to climate change. And those are things growing up in San Diego in the desert, I never thought of being relevant, but it is super important. And I was really thankful that these alternative ideas were brought together. And I really believe it made the show shine even more, having all these different mindsets that were able to promote how together we can create a healthier earth in different facets. Diversity is the spice of life on that right there. And that is the best part about that type of curation then that you could actually get all that. Glad you didn't have the opposite of what you thought was going to happen there, um, happen with that. But are you excited about another curation in the future? I am very excited for future curations, yes. Do you have any themes or any concepts that are at the top of something you'd like to tackle? There are a lot of themes that I'm quite passionate about, and I have had ideas of different 
exhibitions that I would like to pursue in the future. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily have any at the top of the list that are priority. You just don't want to share them with us. You're <laughs> trying to keep them a secret. I No, it's okay. If you want to see, you have to attend the show. Yeah. This is, <laughs> I was able to attend the last two you've been a part of. And I've been trying. I've been trying to get over here. I'm three and a half hours away, everybody, from where I'm at right now recording this. So it's a lot of gas mileage. Thanks for asking. Um, but, but no, I, I'm glad people like you exist with this idea about art, because it's easy for people to be casual and to enjoy entertainment and self-expression and a lot of that other stuff in that other way. Um, but. You know, we do need to be more goal-oriented and more serious about some of this stuff, especially when we have a lot of different issues looming over our shoulders out here that need to be solved or, yeah, personal issues too even. So thank you. Thank you, Gabe. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have anything else you'd like to ask, Megan? I don't. Basically, the one really big question one really put good into, question. Was put into two just now. There, I know it was. It was. It went really I'll quickly because we segued around it and we went back to it. No, it was mostly fo- focused on the exhibit. So that's yeah. what we mostly wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I guess anything you want to hype up? Any brands you're wearing today? Any uh, <laughs> foods you're eating? Any? Is this how we're closing the sh- episodes now? <laughs> well, that's like what I'm trying to think of. Ro- who does that on their show? Where there's just like, all right, so who do you want to promote? Where do you want to promote right now? Oh, it's Sean Evans. It's it's hot ones. He does that at the very end of all of his shows, like what's going on in your life right now, and then you're supposed to answer. The only thing that I would <laughs> want to promote, I, I'm I'm not advocating for whatever that is, but <laughs> <What>? <laughs> the only thing that I want to say is go see art. Don't just like it on Instagram. Don't just see it online. Make the time to go see it in person because it's so much better of an experience. You will get more out of it if you are physically there looking at it. Well said, Megan. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode of One Really Good Question with Gabe. We would love to hear from you, whether it be your thoughts, uh, your takeaways from our episodes, future questions and guests you'd like us to pursue, anything that you would like to share with the two of us, we would love if you did so. So shoot us an email in our inbox, one really good question podcast at gmail.com. Thank you.